You're listening to Wordsmith, the poetry podcast presented by Miriam Hechtman and Kelly Van Nelson. On this program, we invite poets from all over the world to join us for a one-on-one conversation about their poetry, their craft, and what poetry means to them. From how poetry played out in childhood to its current practice, it's all about the poet and the poem and what's really happening behind the words. Here in Australia, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we produce this program, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Wordsmith. I'm Kelly Van Nelson and I am super excited to have a good friend of mine from Western Australia join us on today's episode. It is the utterly fabulous Scott Patrick Mitchell, otherwise known as SPM. And Scott Patrick is a non-binary poet. He does live and write on Wadjuk Nungar land in Bulu in Perth. There, um, the work appears in contemporary Australian poetry, Solid Air, Stories of Perth and Going Postal. Also in 2019, I know SPM won MPU's Martin Downey Urban Realist Poetry Award and the Wollongong Short Story prize but these are just a couple of his many accolades i know he's an absolute superstar and delighted to talk to you today spm welcome hi kelly it's an absolute honor to be here with you today um just before we begin i would just like to do acknowledgement of country um honor to the wajak nonga nation on whose land i live write, and i'm currently broadcasting from i pay my respects to elders past present and emerging and acknowledge that this is was and always will be Aboriginal land. So, how are you? I'm very good and yes, it is an honour to be able to talk to you because I haven't seen you for ages and I'm missing the face-to-face poetry scene of Perth and uh, I'm stuck here on the East Coast, so it's an absolute pleasure. But let's start at the beginning and maybe take a dip back into childhood and we'll start at the very beginning. What role maybe poetry played in your childhood? traveling back quite a long time um so the 80s wow um look to be absolutely 100 percent honest poetry like before the age of 12 poetry had no place in my childhood not that i can remember um if anything i was really really fascinated with uh, and the thing is, I can't remember the book, but I remember having this book of short stories about animals and it had these cool illustrations and I was just absolutely fascinated with it. And I think I read it like three times or something like that. So, and then I used to write short stories and they were all very much, um, you know, you'd write them as homework and you'd finish them in the morning and it would always be, uh, and then I woke up and it was all the dream and I had a bowl of cereal. Those kind of short stories. <laughs> and then a lot of acting. I did a lot of acting as a child. And it wasn't until I came to Australia from England in oof, 1988 that um, there was more poetry in the classrooms and then in year eight, which I think is when you're like 12 years old, that was when I actually wrote my first lot of poems and, you know, they were for a class assignment, so there wasn't really much passion in them as such. They were more kind of, you know, mechanical kind of poems. 
But yeah, it wasn't until I hit about year high school that poetry actually had a place um, in my life. Before that, it was all short stories, acting, and then, you know, play, lots of play. Growing up in the English countryside um, is a great place to allow your imagination to develop and explore. Yeah, it's interesting what you said there about poetry and also that you've done some acting in your youth years because I definitely can see that in some of your work. And I, I do want to say you're a performance poet because you, you do actually really put life and soul and body and mind into your poetry. Do you, do you intentionally do that or it's just natural that your entire being gets behind the poem? <laughs> um, look, I mean, uh, I mean, I would say it's natural, but that my whole being is there. Um, the stage is probably the one place where uh, I've always felt the most comfortable um, because you're allowed to you're allowed to play and become on a stage. So you can adopt different personas, you know, and you can also you can you can be loud, <laughs> yeah. and you can't really do that in polite society as such. You can't really be raucously loud unless you want people frowning at you a lot. Um, so if the stage is very much a place where I feel just incredibly comfortable and I, I, I like the sense of play that comes from it. And then, yeah, throwing my whole being into it because, um, you know, because I don't know, I just, I, I want to connect and I want to feel more than anything I want to feel. Um, and so I know that if I feel, the audience will feel as well. So yeah. it's just, yeah. Yeah, we definitely feel, and I think you, you move people in all kinds of ways when people watch and listen to you. And also the topics that you write about are really uh, deep and meaningful and uh, all, all manner of sort of current topics, but where do you get your inspiration from on the type of material you write and, and, and why you go down the path that you do? Yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always interesting because you always kind of feel like you're on the spot when someone asks you this question, but at the same time, you, you kind of instinctively know the answer. It, it's a whole mix of different, different things from a simple, a simple kind of like earworm of a line getting stuck in my head and then writing a poem from that. Or more recently, if I read something and I have an emotional reaction to it, then I know that there's a poem there that is just waiting for me to write it. There's something there. So I, but what I really tend to do is I, I mix and match like all of the input, you know, from my life. So I read, I read a lot. Uh, so I read poetry, nonfiction, fiction, um, and then across different genres and I kind of like bring all that input in and then you spark it with art and fashion and um, plays, dance, all different things just to see what kind of sticks together. And it usually is a thing of um, inspiration I found is different elements converging, you know, like suddenly the magnetism or the gravity of them brings them together and these different disparate ideas suddenly converge and grow this mass, this weight, and a poem or a piece of writing comes out of that. Do you write it down or is it in your head? You said you get, you get a little line and just play over and over in yeah. your head and then you, you think about it or do you, do you get the notepad out or, or are you a tech man and you, uh, you, you, you <laughs> type, type it on your phone as you walk or <laughs> what's your process? So, uh, 
it's it's a whole it's it's all of it's all of that it's uh, pretty much all of that it depends on what kind of poem it is if it's a slam poem it's uh, uh because you know you know with slam poetry yourself it's usually a process of um being on stage and you can't really have anything in your hands so you really want to remember it so i find that uh one of the best ways to write slam and performance pieces is by keeping them in my head and building them up line by line and walking and writing the, and then eventually when there's enough there writing that down but there are other instances where it will be just the line and the line i can't see exactly what the poem is going to be until i write that line down and i let it spark other lines and so that's usually how i write my page poems so there is a very different kind of way between performance poetry slam poetry and page poetry of how i personally create them i, I know that it's probably different for a lot of people but yeah it is a case of um, just understanding what it is that wants to come out. Um, I'm very much uh, a journal person. I've been keeping a journal uh, journals since uh, 98 when I started taking this all a bit seriously. <laughs> That's a lot um, of journals. Although I'm much older than you. <laughs> I think I've only got 88 that last count, which isn't many in, in my honest opinion. But you know and i'm not always constantly writing them either um because you know sometimes that there is a there's a certain beauty of sitting in front of a laptop and meditating in front of a blank page and writing the poem straight onto there so i do use my journals for a lot of note taking and that kind of stuff if i'm really caught somewhere and i don't have my journal uh what i usually do is um and i've got quite a lot of them is I'll write the little fragment as a status update on Facebook, but then I set it to private so that no one can read it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's using all the tools, basically, all of the tools. Yeah, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about slam poetry, because that's where I first, you, you caught my eye doing slam poetry way back, and <laughs> you might remember I, I had a book launch and I was too shy to even read a poem, never mind slam a poem, yeah. and that was, only, that was only a year ago, um, and, wow. I, and you, you I don't know why you put yourself onto the open mic and onto the slam scene, but it's got a, I, I get a little bit of an adrenaline rush from just putting myself out of comfort zone. And I'm nowhere near as good as you. You're absolutely incredible uh, as, as a spoken word artist. But do you have a piece you could, you could kick us off and start us yes. with that you would, you would typically perform on, on an open mic or in a live piece? Yep. So, well, I mean... I will carry through from what we were saying about if I read a piece and I have an emotional reaction. So recently I was reading about um, the rover on Mars called Curiosity and I was reading up about it and I had a very, it, I, and I'm not alone, a lot of people have had an emotional reaction. I had a very poignant emotional reaction to reading the story about curiosity and so it spawned this poem so this is what i consider a slam poem um but yeah on the 5th of august 2012 a rover called curiosity landed on mars its skin inscribed with 1.2 million signatures, its mechanics infused with NASA genius, its name a gift from a 12-year-old girl who said, 
Curiosity is an everlasting flame that burns in all of our minds. After a year of trundling across Mars, curiosity stopped and sung happy birthday to itself. Imagine that. First Earth song on another planet sung by a lonely robot covered in Martian dust, capturing the imagination of us as the loneliest birthday in the entire universe. If there had been candles, curiosity might have wished for a friend. Now, people seem to think that every year since curiosity has continued this tradition, but alas, no. Apparently there is no scientific gain to a robot singing. Imagine that, being granted the gift of voice only once, every year thereafter, wind and dust. I'm sorry, I actually meant to write a happy poem. So know this, if in this lifetime you are granted one song, you better open up your mouth, start singing and never stop. And know that when you are gone, we will continue singing your song on and on until you become a myth, a legend, an everlasting flame burning in everyone's brain because you are curiosity reaching for the stars as unique and miraculous as the possibility of life on Mars. So there, my precious curious ones, happy birthday for whenever it might be. Now go, rove on, full of song and curiosity. Love it, love it, love it. Curiosity <laughs> might have wished from a friend. <laughs> Everything you want in a poem there. Earth's planets, Martians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have a, an amazing... I could just see you perform that uh, live. I'm sure I'll see you on the slam scene. Yeah, why do we do it here? Eh? Why do we get there? Do you get that feeling as well when you're in a live performance? Yeah. Oh, it's... it's um, so, we, which one? Because there's the one before and there's the one during and then there's the one after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The I'm one sure. before is not so crash hot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the one during, the one during is that, especially especially when you when you have the poem and you know it and it's there in your body, that feeling just, it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like being connected to something kind of beyond yourself. Yeah, it's um, it's it's quite miraculous. It's it's a very enjoyable feeling as well because it, it's that mix of adrenaline and calm. Yeah, mm, and you're really, really, really good at it. And tell me about your awards because I think you won one the other day, did you not? You won one of the slams the other day. I saw maybe it was the New Zealand one or another one. I've seen you pick up a few lately. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I so I performed at your place events uh, just recently. Uh, and that was, you know, so the whole online format is, of slams, I, I love because, you know, you, you have a lot, I personally am a very anxious person. I have a lot of anxiety anyway. So being able to just live with that at home and not have to then interact with people in real time, like face to face, kind of makes it a bit more manageable. But there's, it's a real technique to kind of like put your energy down Um down the uh, the camera, down the microphone. Um, so I'm really enjoying the online presence uh, presence of slams. 
Um, and I mean, yeah, I won the Martin Downey Urban Realist Poetry Prize last year, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy entering competitions. Um, I am a very competitive person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, but I like the challenge of myself and I like, I just, this might sound a bit weird for some people, but I like learning from my failures as well. Like, I like how, I like to understand how it feels to succeed and to also fail, you know? So there's that real, it's not every, no, no one can go through life succeeding, succeeding, succeeding. You have to balance it out. So I really enjoy that kind of, um, those kind of uh, dichotomy, that dichotomy of it. And I think yeah. you learn a lot from yourself from how you react to failing as well. So I really, I really take those moments to, to learn. And then when I, you know, when you win something, of course, it makes it all that much better and exciting and rewarding as well. Hmm. Yeah, people don't talk about the failure so much. I, I remember I went to my first open mic in Melbourne because nobody knew me. I went on my own and I sat at the bar, you know, kind of a lonely, lonely soul at the bar there. And I got up <laughs> on the mic and I didn't, I, I did, I did uh, give it a go without any props or, you know, without the mobile phone or any words in front of me. I just free flowed and I absolutely tanked. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I remembered, and I remember you actually saying to me, "You've got to practice. You've got to actually practice to yeah. be able to, not just to remember the words, which is one part of it, but to get the energy in at the right moments and your pauses and your yeah. breath, and and then and then you think you've got it, but then when you do it in front of a live audience, it, it's different yeah. again, you know. Yeah. So it gets it gets better, it gets easier over time. <laughs> so so fun fun fact, the very very first slam that I ever did I completely tanked as well I had no idea what I was doing and I got up there and I read this grief poem and it just you know it was a pretty poem but it just didn't it just it wasn't what a slam poem you know what you come to realize a slam poem is it wasn't a slam poem it was something more that somebody should uh, have read you know at home in private and yeah, I tanked, completely tanked, got the lowest scores imaginable. Yeah, the point, <laughs> the point one was... decimal point. Were you on the point? Yeah, one? <laughs> I think four point four four, if anything. Um, yeah, but grief's a tricky yeah, topic. Yeah, and it was that it was that instance of um, you know, like getting up there, doing it, tanking, and and I was called up first as well. So <laughs> yeah, that's I tough. Said, yeah. yeah, that doesn't help. And um, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, this this is something completely new. This is a new aspect to performance poetry because it had been about nine years since I'd started performing. It was something I hadn't really, I wasn't really familiar with. This is going back to two thousand and seven, I think. And um, and yeah, um, or two thousand and nine maybe. And I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to master this. I'm going to, yeah, try this because this is a whole new level of competitive, <laughs> competitive spirit. That's and so, yeah, yeah, so I kind of, yeah, threw myself into it. And it's that thing of practice. You know, you really got to, you really got to know yourself 
to some degree on the stage, but not too much because you still need to be able to surprise yourself as well. Mm, absolutely. Let's. I've got a couple of things to talk to you about off the back of what you just said there, but let's talk to the grief one for a second. So definitely there's an element of poetry healing a person or maybe maybe mm. not necessarily healing, but dealing with different challenges and circumstances in, in life. It's one of the reasons I do it. I, I like to write about the problematic things that I've either faced or see other people face. And I've heard you do work on grief before. Do, do you have a piece on this particular yeah. topic? And then we can... Yeah, I do. I do. Um, so obviously, content warning, this deals with grief and cancer. So content warning for grief and uh, discussion of cancer. My sister died seven years ago, and every night since, she has returned home a ghost. Sits down beside me, says, I cannot remember. But how did I die? So I do what any good sibling might do. I lie. My favorite is that she, is a, she was a witch in a coven who taught us that love was more important than hate. And still the angry men burnt her at the stake. Her final word, a curse upon them. Balenciaga! My sister says, didn't I see that on television? And I just shake my head. In the Australian horror story of our love, my sister says, why am I so thin in all the photographs? And I say, it was all the rage back then. My sister says, what's with all the wigs in my bedroom? And I say, you were an international spy, a mistress of disguise. My sister says, why does mother cry like that? And I say, this is how we pray now. Last night, my sister's spirit sat down beside me and said, please, just tell me the truth. What happened? And I replied, I do not envy the doctor who every day must tell the patient that they are going to die. How after seven rounds of chemotherapy, we could not remove the cancer from your blood. How after seven rounds of chemotherapy, we could not save you with our love. How after seven rounds of chemotherapy, they came back with a new diagnosis. Cancer-related dementia. You forgot our faces, our graces, and even how to breathe, but my God, you never forgot how to laugh. But the worst part, the worst part, is that my bone marrow was incompatible with yours, and I could not save your life. My sister smiled, hugged me, and together, we watch the sunrise. Tonight, my sister's spirit shall not come to visit. Oh, yeah, that, that poem, I have heard you do that poem a couple of times and it's filled with huge emotion. And yeah, you've got a line in there, the incompatible bone marrow and you couldn't mm. save her life. But there's also love in there. And, and you know, your, your sister to me sounds like a feisty spirit. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, you, you, yeah. Mm. And that's the beauty. You get you get all of these emotions like it gives you goosebumps. That one, which did, yeah. did you write that one for other people? Or does it did you write it for yourself just to express how you were feeling at the time? I I actually. It, it was written with the idea of performance in mind, but it was also written um, 
as an opportunity for my family to kind of heal because uh, it was it was it had been seven years and um it's now eight um but it'd been seven years and it reached that space where i felt really really comfortable about writing it and um yeah i can't i think if anything the the, the thing that made me trigger writing it was that because it's there is a line in there about Balenciaga, the Australian horror story if I love, which comes from American Horror Story Coven. Um, and so there was something, it was this weird kind of intersection of that. That's like one of my favorite scenes from a television show um, and, have you know, having a background in fashion. Um, and yeah, I really, it really kind of it connected with my sister, made me feel connected to my sister in some way. So yeah, it kind of built up around that, mm, um, yeah. and it's all true. It's all true, which you know makes it all the more heartbreaking. Um, yeah. But it was an opportunity for myself and my family to kind of heal, yeah, and to realize, yeah, to realize how far we'd come. Mm. Poetry definitely has a spiritual kind of special property that maybe. Do you mm. do you think that's why there's a renaissance sort of in a poet poetry? And I, I, I'm sure you've seen it as well. It's making a massive comeback. It's always been yeah. there. It's been there for centuries. You know, everybody sort of um, remembers the poetry of their childhood at school and so on. Yeah. But today it's really oh. getting momentum, much like music. It's got a new scene. It's becoming, yeah. I love saying poetry is hip. What, do you think it's because we're more prone to talking about the things we really care about more openly now? Or do you think we're just yeah. sick of being quiet about things we're passionate about? Or why, why, why do you think, you know, why do you think this sudden surge in uh, poetry is happening? So, so I have, I have two, I have two ideas about it. So I kind of, I can kind of see how the Renaissance kind of started back in 2015, in my opinion. Um, it started really coming back into the forefront of the zeitgeist and part of me thinks that it was and i know that there's probably people who are going to disagree but i think there was um i think collectively as a world we lost a bit of innocence in 2015 when like stuff like the dark web and everything came up into you know mainstream talking points and we kind of realized that you know there's a lot of that there there is i mean there always has been but there's a lot of nasty things that happen in the world that are out of our control. And so sometimes it's this overwhelming sense of hopelessness and helplessness. And I think that poetry really empowers individuals to, to talk about their hopelessness, their helplessness, but also to, to stand up and, and to make a claim and to, and to talk about their strengths, their passions, their vulnerability, all the things that make them so incredibly uniquely human and it has this really wholesome quality of bridging gaps and, and connecting people from, you know, disparate subcultures and different cultures. And it really, poetry really connects us because, and especially when it's performed by a person, because we can see the passion, the inspiration exuding out of the individual. So personally, for me, that's when I kind of noticed that there was this kind of collecting collective healing and, and 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 discussion of poetry and i think now especially in the last year since a lot of our lives have gone into lockdown uh, i know the poetry community was one of the first communities 
to jump online and to have readings and they're still online readings and it you know it happened here and there but none of no one had really none of all of the different elements the different readings you know across australia and across the world none of them had all gone oh well let's do a regular online reading until lockdown and then all of a sudden people started connecting more and and it kind of moved into a, a very I think people had a lot more space. People who aren't poets had a lot more space for poetry as well. So, you know, I, that's, that's my opinion and I could be completely wrong and I'm happy to be wrong, but I feel as though it is that kind of element of um, we need to connect more than ever. And poetry is one of those ways that we can connect really quite instantly. Yeah, I definitely say that. And actually, I think you, you touched upon it before. Uh, I I definitely think the technology is playing a big part in yeah. helping us to, because the world feels bigger because we can't travel, but smaller because you can just log on two minutes, you know, you yeah. know in two minutes in the morning and connect to a huge poetry slam in the US or in New Zealand yeah. or in Singapore and be part of a new, different, vibrant community of, of poets and listen to new work and get yourself yeah. a new audience and new material and, 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 be, and, and it's always so welcoming. It's such a lovely yeah. community online as well. It's really great. Yeah. great fun. So yeah, the world is smaller. It's sort of bigger and smaller at the same time. And maybe that is helping the scene as well to evolve and attract different mm. people. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. was literally a case of um, three days. I remember when lockdown was announced and three days later, it was like, this this online poetry reading this online poetry reading and it was <laughs> it was a little overwhelming to start with um and i kind of i think i kind of stepped back i think i joined in one or two and then i stepped back and i kind of watched other people and how they were you know interacting with them and dealing with them and then i kind of after about a month i went you know what it, 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 we're in lockdown what else are you going to do jump in you need to jump in and you need to embrace this and yeah yeah, I did one. I, I I got a bit carried away with it all, actually. I must say, I did five in one day. I did a US in the morning and the UK in the morning. I think I got up at 4 a.m. and did UK. And then I did Singapore that night and a, a couple in between. Another one in the US, I think, in between. And I got to the end of the day and I was like, that was insane. But it was also fun. Yeah. So I've stopped doing that. I, I limit myself to maybe two, two a day, but it's so addictive. It is. Yeah, it can be really addictive. And, and yeah. it's also... Like you said, it's it's such a welcoming community. That's the best part of it. It's such a welcoming community. I'm so glad that you know the the community around poetry is like that because it makes it makes the the loneliness, the sometimes loneliness of writing poetry all that more worthwhile when you can share it with such a, a warm and embracing community. Yeah, absolutely. If you were describing yourself, if you were rocking up at a new online event, and nobody knew you and you had to describe your style or your voice. I, I think you're one of the most diverse poets out there because I've heard you do everything from your grief poem there to maybe we can do something uh, joyful in a, in a second. But you've got this huge range of, of poems. How would you best describe your style and voice? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly... A couple of years ago, I could, but now it's like I don't know. I really, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how to describe my voice because I've done. And the thing is, I've done. You know, I've been experimental. Um, I've done. You know, I've played with traditional 
forms of oration. Um, I think, if anything, at my core, not. I can't even. <laughs> I thought I had something, but I uh, don't. I leave that up to other people. I, I can give you a word, and I, I thought of this word uh, that I think is your word, or it's my word for you. If I'm describing you to a friend, this is what I would say. And, and I, I'll tell you the word in a sec, but I thought of this word when I saw you do, you were a feature poet. I can't remember the event, but you were at the feature, so you were, you were doing a whole sort of spectrum of your work. And you had one poem where you actually, it was online, so I was watching you on the screen. And my daughter was sitting next to, to me as well, and we watched this. It was like watching a show. And you did a couple of things. One, you drew all over your body with a pen, yeah. and it was to do with roads. And then I saw you do a different one where you um, popped up from beneath the screen and slowly sort of appeared on the screen from, the, from sort of below the screen. It was just so cool. Oh, yeah. And my word for you, I said to, to my daughter, you're, this is my word, genius. You're an absolute oh. genius. I mean, to do that online and to find creative ways to engage your audience online like that, it's just ridiculously good. So you're my thank genius. You. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. That, that, I'm blushing really quite a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to embrace that word, but... I think in a couple of years I might. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. But listeners, you heard it here first. The man is a genius. And <laughs> um, do you have any advice for other aspiring poets out there that you you know are maybe trying to cut a break? Okay, so this is this is probably the one part where yes, I do, and I have a bit, but I'm, I don't want to. The one thing I don't want is to say this is the definitive truth. This is the gospel according to SPM. It, it's not. This is this is just my opinions. Um, everyone has to learn in their own way, and you should learn in your own way. I think it's really important that you make mistakes for yourself and you learn from them and you grow from them and you discover who you are. You know, through a process. There is no shortcuts. Um, in particular, but in particular, when you come into poetry and if you're going to treat it as, you know, a career or um, kind of like a, a bit more of a, a hyped up hobby. So that kind of hobby that you can't let go. You know how people get really into, you know, sports and stuff, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're going to do that, remember, it's a long game. This is not the kind of career or path where all of a sudden overnight success like that. It's a long game. And you're going to evolve and you're going to grow. So allow yourself the space to grow and evolve. Um, one of the key things that has been my mantra since I started taking myself seriously um, is be the experiment. So basically um, I set myself, I have a background in like criminal psychology. So I really enjoy like psychology experiments and that kind of stuff. So I set myself parameters. And then I experiment within them uh, and see what works and what doesn't work. One of the best things about poetry is that there's so many different um, forms. There's, you know, haiku, prose poetry, traditional poetry, all of these many, many forms. I recommend trying out these different forms, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and then but carrying the skills of what does work over to the next experiment and just keep on playing and having fun and finding joy, if more than anything, really treat it as joyfully as joyfully as you can. 
Um, and then, yeah, when it gets to the page, submit stuff to places, but know your market, read, read broadly, and learn from rejection and learn from failure, because that is perhaps the most crippling thing about writing. And it's still, even to this day, after 20 years, I got a rejection letter the other day and it was like, oh, you know, it really hits and it hurts, but you learn to, you, you know, it gets easier each time to pick yourself up and to keep going. And um, yeah, celebrate your joys where you can. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a joyful poem on that note. Celebrate the joy. Have you got something <laughs> that we can share on joyfulness? Oh yeah, it, it's 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 uplifting. It is uplifting. Okay. I think I think it's uplifting. Um, so this is this is a page poem, but uh, you know I think all page poems can be performance poems. It's just how you approach them. How joy arises. What are eyelids if not parentheses? Open them. Outside, white cockatoos squall. Call magpies to bring their maps territorial as crows crackle on the industry of hymns. The puncture of Venus is healing into blue as a body, celestial, rises into view. We could use a word like glory, and we shall. Stretch, step out of bed, wooden cradle, ship, See how sand collects at the corner of everything, sheets lapping. Coffee splutters through the grind of a machine as blessing. Through ankles, cat threads fur to mule and meal. We should use a word like angelic, and we will. Open phone. Let news spool into view. Some will be the kind who really ought to sit down for. How knees always know when to buckle. Acknowledge this and let go. Because amid it all, there is hope. There is always hope. Give gratitude. Send love. Trust in a divine plan. How it holds you in tender hands we should use a word like prayer and we have yes it is another day like so many you have lived before but the fact you are here now surely this makes today holy if not holier there you go we all have a divine path I'm sure we do. Oh, no, it's so good. I haven't heard you do that, uh, that piece of work, but it's, uh, it's, it is filled with joy and gratitude and all of the things that go with mm. that. Lovely, lovely one. Have you, have you had any performances where you, you, would, you would describe them as sort of off the wall or maybe what's, what's the most audacious poetry performance you've ever done? <laughs> all righty um this one is pretty wild so um a few years ago i was really really fascinated with the concept of um endurance art and so um endurance artists artists like jay capone who did this piece where um he carried a glass of seawater from sydney to perth and then put it into the indian ocean so he walked across australia 
Um, so I was really fascinated with this idea and I, my brain came up with this piece. Well, what if you do a performance piece called the 24 hour performance poem? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so I put the application into this festival, this experimental theater festival, and they were like, we love it. And I rang them up and I said, are you sure? And they're like, yes, we want you to perform it. So I flew over to Newcastle and I did the show and basically it started at um, one o'clock in the afternoon. And I had a stack of like 350 pages of poetry and I thought that'll be enough. Eight hours later, I'd gone through all of those poems and so I had to start improvising and I had to start making up poems. Um, and that's where the piece where I draw on myself comes from. I spent a whole hour drawing on my skin, kind of like improvising a poem. So basically I spent 24 hours uh, or at least 16 of those hours improvising poetry and just making it up on the spot. I had a 10, five minute break every hour on the hour. Um, and then, yeah, and then it was this kind of, I hit this transcendent almost point where it was like my brain just let go of everything and just words just kept on spilling out. And I remember at 6.30 the next morning for about two hours, people would start coming in whilst I'm sitting there kind of like cross-legged performing poetry. People would come in with food and coffee and fruit and they would like, bow almost and like place it in front of me and they'd like be bowing and walk out of the room and it was just this really surreal experience of um transcending ego and self and just giving myself over to poetry and you know I, from that point on i've been able to improvise poetry like that uh which i'm so grateful for um and i've you, you you never i've never experienced anything like it before in my life and i don't know if i ever will unless i repeat it but yeah it was just this incredible moment of um just giving over to poetry and performance and words and just playing for 24 hours and basically having an audience that changed and watched and stayed and some left and yeah it was just incredible and i got a standing ovation at the end and it was surreal incredibly surreal but amazing i'm an utter awe of that story i don't I, I, for someone who can improv improv even just one verse never mind <laughs> for that duration and and yeah it, it, unbelievable it's a real gift it really is and i i think it's almost uh, the perfect note to finish on but i'm going to ask you one more question to finish yeah, on and i'm going right. to go back to your journals that you've got 88 journals stashed away then i'm yeah. sure they're full of insane material but um i'm gonna ask you if you were writing the your final journal maybe it's Ooh. hopefully it's number 1000 or something it's not number 89 but you're writing your final journal and it's going to be locked in a box for the next generation to discover what would you call it oh, <laughs> oh yeah i name all of my journals oh do um, you oh i didn't know that I, so there you go i'm a mind reader um i don't know Maybe we get you back on the show and Please, I ask you no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> I would probably call it This Is Only the Beginning or something like that. Mm. If it was the final one, I would call it This Is Only the Beginning. Or, yeah, um, or I would leave a blank page right at the end for the, someone to fill in. But it would acknowledge, it would acknowledge the fact that so much of poetry um, happens after the poet has moved on their poetry takes on a whole new life and and so it would acknowledge that mm. 
Yeah, there's no dead poet societies. So there's only poets. <laughs> and poetry. <Yeah. laughs> oh, love it. Thank you very much. It's been, I'm uh, always in awe of you. Definitely the uh, genius you. that I expected you to be on today's show. And I'm sure our listeners will feel the same. It's been awesome talking to you. And I can't wait to see you perform again when we get out of this lockdown situation or otherwise on Zoom in the meantime. But thank yes. you very much, Scott Patrick Mitchell. And where can we find you uh, in terms of your work? You're online, I think. Yeah, well, yes, I'm online, uh, yes. just like everyone else. Um, so Facebook is where I would I mainly post about my kind of successes and, and stuff that I think people should keep an eye out for and reading material like books that I think people should read. So people can find me on there, facebook.com forward slash scott patrick mitchell poet and then instagram i've taken a break from instagram for a while but i'm about to start going back and playing around more with um yeah um i've got a new project in mind for my instagram so people can find me there at spm poet and thank you for having me absolute honor um absolute honor i like I said before, I don't think I'll be embracing the genius title. <laughs> thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate them. And thank you for your time and your labor. No, thank doing you. This. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate every minute talking to you. And I wish you the very best in your next steps. Look up Scott Patrick Mitchell online. You won't be disappointed and check out his work. Thank you again and take care. Thank you. You've been listening to Wordsmith, the poetry podcast with Miriam Hechtman and Kelly Van Nelson. Thank you for joining us.